If you struggle with toilet anxiety, I have something really exciting to share with you. And by toilet anxiety, I'm talking about the fear of not making it to a bathroom in time and worrying about pooping your pants, which are things that I struggled with for years. So on June 5th, I'm teaching a masterclass where I'm going to walk you through how you can finally get freedom from this debilitating fear. I'm going to be teaching you lots of practical and helpful insights, tips, and tools that will help you to start saying yes to things, whether or not a bathroom is nearby. So if you're like, yes, Shannon, I need this, simply head to the link in the show notes and I'll see you on June 5th. Welcome to a Healthy Push podcast. I'm Shannon Jackson, former anxiety sufferer turned adventure mom and anxiety recovery coach. I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for 15 years. And now I help people to push past the stuff that I used to struggle with. Each week, I'll be sharing real and honest conversations along with actionable and practical steps that you can take to help you push past your anxious thoughts, the symptoms, panic, and fears. Welcome. You're right where you're meant to be. Hello, Hannah. Hey. I am so excited. So I always get super excited for these and I always feel so bad because I know the student on the other end is like, I am so incredibly anxious, Shannon. Yes. (laughs) And I'm always so stinking proud of every client and student that agrees to do these podcast interviews because I know it is so hard and scary and anxiety producing. So today I have Hannah with me who just went through my Panic to Peace program in January to April. And I am so excited for you to meet her and to hear her story. And we are just going to get into so much goodness. So welcome, Hannah, to Healthy Push Podcast. Thank you, Shannon, for having me. Yeah. So let's just start. Tell us a little bit about Hannah. Like, And obviously, I know your story is a big, big one. So (laughs) feel free to start wherever. Yeah, so I'm Hannah, I'm 28 years old, currently in Nashville, Tennessee, but I've been in Tennessee basically my whole life um, and also have struggled with um, anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia basically my whole life. Um, so the my, I guess my first memory of anxiety was, this is going to age me, but um I was in fifth grade and I was instant messaging one of my best friends and we were going back and forth on like what all they did that day. And then she had instant messaged me something. She was at the movies and something had happened that she had witnessed a medical thing happen. And I, of course, being in fifth grade, I had no idea what that even meant, but I was like, oh my gosh, that's going to happen to me. And I guess it didn't really stick with me. Um, Like I didn't realize any intrusive thoughts or anything. But then as I was going to bed that night, my mom was still putting me to bed in fifth grade. Um, (laughs) And I remember just laying there bawling. And I did not want to go to sleep because I was so afraid that what my friend witnessed at the movie theater was going to happen to me. And I remember my mom saying something like, I wonder if you're having a panic attack. Well, I had no idea what that was, but my dad had gone through this. He's had um, panic disorder for, he started roughly the same age as I am now. Um, And so I remember her saying something like, I wonder if you're having a panic attack. And I was like, 
well, I don't know what that is. Like that's freaking me out too. And my biggest fear then was passing out. And Mm -hmm. my mom said to me, well, you kind of pass out every night. Like you fall asleep and then you wake back up. And I was like, okay, I guess that's true. So I eventually got myself to go to sleep and don't even remember having anxiety after that. Like that didn't affect me very much. Still went about my day-to-day life. Um, Went to middle school and that's when I really started having really bad panic attacks. We went on, usually we go on family vacations to the beach, but we went on our first, I guess, road trip family vacation and we went to New York and that was tough. It was really, really overwhelming for me. And I don't remember a ton of the trip other than I got in the subway and I remember the doors opened and I sprinted um, up the escalator. And I remember just sitting up at the top. Don't know where my family was. Didn't care at that time. I was just freaking out. And I know several strangers came and said like, hey, are you okay? And then eventually my family came up to the top and my mom was like, I think she just had a panic attack because I was totally fine there after a second. Um, And so once we got back from the family trip, my parents took me to psychologists and psychiatrists and just trying to kind of figure out what was going on. So um, I do remember seeing the words whenever I went to my first psychologist appointment, psycho on the door. And so I was like, oh my gosh, does this mean I'm psycho? Does this mean I messed up? And that really got to me in my middle school years. I like really didn't want anyone to know that I was struggling. I felt embarrassed, ashamed. Um, and I really had a hard time in middle school. My I was having lots of stomach aches where my stomach wasn't hurting at all, but I would ask to go to the nurse and call my mom. She would come get me from school constantly going home, constantly like not even wanting to go to school. And then I think at that time, um, I was just kind of doing whatever my parents had suggested at the time. So I began taking medication and I, to be honest, probably was not very good about taking it because I'm in middle school. And so I don't know if that truly did anything or helped, but eventually I just like didn't have as frequent of panic attacks. Um, and then came high school. I was super involved in a lot of sports and different friend groups. And I loved high school. Like I, I would go back to high school any day. Um, I don't ever remember having too many panic attacks, maybe one or two, but then Um, now that I've been through your program, I realized the reason I wasn't having these panic attacks in middle school or in high school is because I was avoiding. So that incident happened at the movie theaters. So I guess in middle school and high school, I just, in college, really, I convinced myself, oh, I just don't really like going to the movies. Like that, that doesn't even interest me. And so I just avoided ever going to the movies. Like my friends would ask and be like, no, I don't like movies. Um, And then I remember we planned a senior year spring break trip and I was so excited to go with all my best friends on the like last hoorah before we all go our different ways for college. And they wanted to go to Florida, which great. I had never been, 
but they wanted to fly. And I was like, Mm, no, I think driving would be better. We can bring more. And I was finding all the excuses and all the reasons as to why driving would be better. And they were all like, no, it'll be a three hour plane ride. Like it really won't be bad. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know if I'll go, if y'all fly, like it's expensive. I was like trying to blame everything that I possibly could to not fly. Um, And I didn't think of it as anxiety or panic disorder at that time. It was just kind of, I don't want to fly. I I would rather drive. I would rather put myself through a treacherous (laughs) 12 hour car ride, you know? Um, And we ended up driving for the the trip. So I ended up going, um, had a great time. And then throughout college, I don't think I ever had a single panic attack. Um, But again, that's also because I was avoiding. I wasn't going to, um, like my main panic at the time was around medical things. And so I purposefully would avoid going into a hospital. Like if one of my family members had surgery or something of that sort, I wouldn't go see them. I'd be like, Oh, I just can't. Um, and I know I really wanted to be there for them, but my anxiety was telling me all the reasons why I didn't want to be there. So I think college was only um, lack of panic because of avoidance. I do remember one time. um, So I had a boyfriend at the time, now my husband, but he wanted me to go meet his parents and they were in DC. And I was like, okay, great. Sure. I'll do it. So we, and we were driving, so had no hesitation about it. And then we got in a pretty bad car wreck on the way there and neither of us were hurt, but um, it definitely totaled the car. And then he was like, well, I still want to go see my parents. You know, what if we flew? My parents have offered to pay. And I was like, oh no, like I can't let them do that. And just trying again, every reason to not, not do the things in life that I really would have wanted to do. Um, and then fast forward to 2018, um, I had a lot of life events happen in 2018. I graduated and then I had to study and pass all my exams for teaching. Um, and then I got married and this is kind of a crazy story, but so at the time, my husband graduated about a year and a half um, before me. So he accepted a job out in California. And so my first flight ever was across the country. I was ex- and by myself. I was extremely nervous, um, but not in a sense of like a disordered anxiety. It was just kind of like normal anxiety that a normal person would have on their very first flight and especially across the country for five hours. So I hop on that flight and I'm going back and forth for a year and a half to two while he was out there. I'm in, I'm in Knoxville, had no issues. Um, but then it came time to move. And so my amazing family drove, packed my car up and they drove my car across the country to California. And then um, I got married and the next day flew to California. And then we had our honeymoon in Hawaii the following week. But that Monday, I went to apply for jobs, um, my very first big girl job, and I got a job in California. And as soon as I got the offer call, my husband calls me 
And he tells me that he got a job in Nashville, Tennessee. And so I was like, oh, great. You know, like I just moved all my stuff and here we are. So we're going to fly right back. So we went to our honeymoon and I flew straight from Hawaii back to Nashville to start my job the very next morning. And it was my first year ever teaching. Um, We didn't have a place to live in Nashville yet. So I was living with my aunt um, until his two weeks was up and then he was coming to Nashville. And we, so we kind of lived that way for a little while. And then we found an apartment and the first year of teaching was, it was a little stressful because I had to substitute the whole first week of my new school year, Um, which is nuts. But I think at that point I was just running off adrenaline, graduated, passed um, my exams, got married, moved, moved again, new life living with my husband, new job, all just kind of new city, trying to get acclimated to everything. And I was just going off adrenaline. And then all of a sudden teaching um, at school one day, I started to have a panic attack. And I was like, what in the world? Like it's been forever since I've had this. There's not a reason for this. Like, I don't know what's going on. And so I left school early that morning. um, And my husband came to get me because I didn't feel like I could drive home. Well, then that caused driving anxiety. So I no longer wanted to drive to work because I was so anxious. So I tried um, because it was just very unreasonable for him to drive me 30 minutes one direction and then face the traffic back into town for his job. So I tried to drive by myself. Um, I would drive a minute or two and then be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to pass out and I'd have to pull over to the side. Um, I would leave about an hour early for a 15 minute commute just to try and get to work. Um, and then once I was at work, it was my, I had deemed it my safe space and work was totally fine. And then I started having panic attacks. Well, I'll back up a little bit. Um, there was a point then when I was like, "I, I can't drive at all. So my husband would take me and then there would be a point where he couldn't take me. And I was like, okay, well, plan A didn't work. Plan B didn't work. What am I going to do now? So I would Uber to work. Um, and I would hop in an Uber every day and go to work. And I was like, this is probably costing me more than I'm making. But I tried to convince myself that that was what needed to happen. And that was okay. And that's what I wanted. That's the life I wanted. I'm like, oh, this is nice. I don't have to drive. I don't have to worry about parking. I don't. And I was coming up with all the excuses and the reasons why Ubering and spending all that extra money was worth it. And then um, fast forward and I started having panic attacks in my deemed safe place at school. And I was having to leave early and have substitutes come cover my class. And so fast forward to um, 20, I guess it was May of 2019. We went on another family vacation. My cousin was graduating from Air Force Academy in Colorado. So we went out to Colorado Springs and I started having panic attack after panic attack after panic attack every day, multiple times a day. And then it was time to fly home. I tried to convince my husband every reason why we needed to drive across the country, get a rental car and drive. Um, cause I did not want to fly. And I even 
went to the flight attendant and was like, can I get, just get on the plane? Like if I can get on the plane and out of this big open airport, I'll be fine. Just, and she was like, no, we can't, you can't board early. Like you're, there's nothing special. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I tried to convince my husband, you know, well, let's leave and then just check back in right before the flight. So we can literally run onto the plane and just all the different excuses and different reasons why I needed to avoid flying. Then we eventually got on the plane and I, I flew home. Um, but it was in 2019 after that trip, I became couch bound. Um, we were in a little 600 square foot apartment and I could not even leave my couch to go to the bathroom without having a panic attack. Um, I was scared that when I got up, I would pass out or when I, something bad would happen, you know, all the things I couldn't even go downstairs to check the mail. Um, couldn't go to the parking garage, to my car. I was truly couch bound. I guess I had convinced myself that was okay to live that way because it was the summer and I was out of school. I didn't have to work. Life was still going on, you know, like my husband is still getting the groceries and the all the things. So I convinced myself that everything was fine. And I guess it's sort of just kind of naturally I got myself out of that state. I, I don't really know why, I don't really know how, um, but with precautions. So I was able to get out if I wasn't driving. If my husband was driving, then yeah, absolutely. I could, I could go anywhere. Um, if I didn't have to get out of the car and go in a store, that's fine. I can sit in the car because my car is my now safe space, Hmm. um, which sounds so ridiculous because my car had been the place I was scared of for so long. Um, but then I had now made it my safe space. Um, and then I, it just kept, I kept putting restrictions on my life that yes, I was getting out, but I guess I was wanting to make externally, make it seem like I was doing okay, covering up the anxiety and trying to truly convince myself that I was okay. Um, And that was really defeating. And I think, although I was getting out, this happened for until 2020. So for a year, I guess I was fine going out with my limitations. But then 2020 came and I kept having panic attacks at work. Um, And so I got ready to write my two-week letter of resignation um, for school because I was like, I I can't do this every day. I can't keep coming back. And then the next day we got the news that we would be home because of COVID. And I was like, oh, okay, never mind. I can teach from home. Like I, I can still do this. So I did. And I taught through 2020. I thought I was thriving in 2020. I was like, I don't have to leave the house. I can go on a family walk. I can do whatever I want. Like, this is so nice. I can't get out and go get groceries. I can't get out. Like, no one can do that. This is wonderful. Um, And I was like, I wish COVID would go on forever, which being (laughs) on a different side of things now sounds so ridiculous. But back then, that just seemed like my most safe place. Yeah. I guess. And That's something what so many people thought, right? When COVID happened, like this is a miracle in disguise. And it's like one of the worst things for a lot of people struggling. But you saw it as being amazing, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was, I mean, I truly 
thought that this was like the greatest time in my whole life. Um, but then people started going back to their real lives. And I was like, wait, no, I, I like COVID. Like, let's go back. Um, and that was really tough for me because I wasn't sure what I was going to do as far as when school started back. It all kind of revolved around work because I could put on a facade that I was okay, except for work. I mean, work had to be in person. Well, then they came out and said that um, there was going to be virtual teaching for the 2020-2021 school year. So I immediately signed up for that. I was like, please volunteer. No one else wanted to do it because who would, who in the right mind would want to try and teach elementary kids online? Like that was so <laughs> challenging, but I convinced myself that that's what I wanted to do. I, I was made for online teaching. So I did that up until 2022. And then we got the news in 2022 that the enrollment had declined and the school would not be reopening for the 22-23 school year. And I was like, well, and they offered to give all of us our positions back in the building if we wanted them. And so I had convinced myself, absolutely not. I don't like teaching. This is not what I want to do. So I was like, I guess it's time for career change. So I applied, I guess it was two months before school start or school ended that we got this news. I applied for any and every job with the filter remote because I was not going to leave my house. I I was comfortable yeah. where I was. I thought I thought everything was fine in my day-to-day life. My husband's getting the groceries. He's taking care of all the outside of the house things. I'm taking care of all the inside of the house things. And then I ended up getting a job. And so I was like, oh, yes, this was made to be. Like the stars aligned. This is this is perfect. I I got a remote job. And um, and then my summer was fine. I was able to go out some, uh, traveled on a girl's trip with my sisters and my mom. Um, and I didn't really question the days or the moments that were okay and the days and moments that were anxious. I would just tell my husband like, hey, I'm anxious today. I can't go out. Or he would ask if I wanted to do something. No, I'm anxious. I'm going to stay in. So it was just kind of years and years of that. Um Then eventually in, I guess it was the end of November of 2022, that I found myself housebound again. And I could not leave, no matter the limitations, no matter if my husband was driving, no matter if he was, I was just having to sit in the car, I couldn't leave the house. And then it got so bad to a point where I couldn't be left by myself in the house. Well, that was not realistic because my husband needed to work. Um, and so it's just him and I at the house. And my sister came, she's in school and she came into town to stay with me. And so I guess that was just enabling me at the time. I had no idea what it was doing or how much it was, I guess, pushing me back to be in the house. But I was in that state for probably three weeks. And there would be a time where my sister would have to be somewhere and my husband would have to be somewhere. And I would try plans A through Z to try and get someone to come be with me because I could not panic at home by myself. For so long, home had been my safe space, but home never felt safe again. 
And so I, I didn't have a safe space, safe space anymore. And I, I thought that was going to be the end. Like anxiety has defeated me. This is my life. Um, truly had just hit a low. Um, I was working remotely, but had to take off because I couldn't even get my job done at the house. And that's when I realized, well, I guess I didn't realize it really. My family, um, had kind of a, I guess, intervention, if you will. And they just said, like, you're not, you're not okay. You're, you know, you can't keep living this way. You can't keep living inside. Um, you've got to do something about it. And so I just cried and cried because I was like, I've done everything I can. I've been to therapy. I've tried medicine. Nothing's working, you know? And I'm like, there's nothing else to do. Like I have tried literally everything. Um, and it got to a point where I met with a counselor who had recommended intensive outpatient. So I researched intensive outpatient for weeks and I was like, well, none of these are virtual or catered virtual and catered to my needs. Like I'm going to have to go in person to these. So I guess this is it. Like I'm stuck here. So that was actually when I, I don't know how I scrolled upon you, Shannon, but I was on Instagram and it popped up and it was like, I remember the exact video. It was one of you showing the symptoms in the car about how you were dizzy, lightheaded, and then you were in the grocery store, same symptoms. And I was like, this is me. And so I clicked on your profile and went through it. And I was like, okay, well, it seems like she had agoraphobia and she recovered. So maybe, maybe it is possible. And so I shot Shannon an email, totally not expecting her to respond. I was like, I'm just going to try everything I can. And, um, she responded and said, nope, this is perfect. This is right where you're meant to be. She told me about the Panic to Peace class opening. So I was like, all right, heck, I'll try it. I'll sign up. And so about that time too, I started some exposure therapy. I The reason I found that was because it was the only online therapy I could find. Um, and so I found an app called NoCD that did exposure therapy online. And so I met with the therapist, I guess it was like three or four times before Shannon's class. And I was like, yeah, this is not working. Like I'm not getting anywhere. It's like, so yeah, when I take her class, this is, I mean, sure I signed up. So I'm going to show up to every class. I'm going to have my camera on. I'm going to give it my all, but honestly thought it wasn't going to work for me because nothing else had in the past. And then I was just felt so defeated. And so I guess I continued showing up to therapy and showing up to the panic to peace class. And week by week, I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. This isn't, you know, this isn't going to help. I'm an exception. Like I was so bad that nothing can help me. And I think I kept, I just kept telling myself like, whatever Shannon says, just follow it, just do it, see if it'll work. And so some of it was like, it just even small things as far as making 
small changes in my daily life. And I'm like, oh yeah, because that's going to stop agoraphobia. (laughs) And I'm like, oh yeah, that'll get me out of the house. You know, all, and I tried to convince myself all these things wouldn't work. And then exposure therapy, just, it has been life changing, but it is not easy. I mean, it is genuinely one of the hardest things I had ever done. I, and none of my exposures had looked pretty at all. I was extremely anxious before the exposures and I would try and convince myself like, oh, maybe, maybe you shouldn't do that today. Maybe you can't do that today. Um, And then one exposure therapy, I remember happening after, um, after one of the days of your panic to peace classes and I was just sitting there and I remember you telling us to sit with the anxiety. So I was like, okay, whatever I'll try. But when I have a 10 out of 10 anxiety, I'm running. Like what, what does she mean? Sit with anxiety. Um, so I was at Publix grocery store and I was in the back corner, which took me forever to work up to, because I mean, I couldn't even leave my house. And so it was like step by step. But then, um, I was like, okay, I'm in the back corner of a grocery store. Why? why am I okay right now? Um, and I was just waiting for the panic to come along. And I was like, okay, this is weird. Like I want to practice sitting with my anxiety, like Shannon said, but there is no anxiety right now. And I made it through my whole session. It was an hour long session and I didn't have hardly any anxiety. And so I got home and I was like, why? Like, that's so weird. So the next day I was like, okay, well, we're going back to Publix. And I had one of the worst panic attacks I had ever had. And I was like, what the heck? Like, this was fine yesterday. And then today I'm back to square one. It's like, yeah, this isn't working. Um, But I kept going through it, kept taking the classes, kept doing the therapy. And I, I remember one of the sessions you had, you were like, write your wins down, which I was like, oh, score. I'm already doing this. Um, so I went back and I read when I first started doing these exposures to where I was then, when I first started doing these exposures, it was get in the car in the garage, not going anywhere, not turning your car on. You are literally just sitting in your garage and then I'm going into the back corner of Publix. And so I was like, dang, you have made progress. Like you really are doing the hard things. And so I think it gave me that little internal push and motivation to be like, you actually can do this. You are capable. Um, I have post-it notes in my car that say you're struggling with something incredibly hard right now. You're doing a great job. You're healing. Um, I have post-it notes literally everywhere in my house just as a reminder to not let fear win, not let fear make the decision, not let it be in the driver's seat. And I just, those affirmations have truly been life-changing because now if I'm like, I was about to go to the mall about a month ago and I was like, oh gosh, no, what am I doing at a mall? And I looked at that and I was like, okay, but what is avoiding the mall going to do? It's going to make things 10 times worse. So I decided to go to the mall and I was like, okay, well, I'm like a seven out of 10 right now, no way in heck I'm going inside. And my therapist was like, no, just try it. 
I was like, I haven't been in a mall in 15 plus years because I've convinced myself I don't like to shop. I don't like to go to the mall. You know, all the things anxiety convinces you. And so I went in and I my anxiety dropped as soon as I went in, which was so bizarre. And I'm not saying it was pretty the whole time. I had waves, like I had to ride an escalator up and down. And I had waves of anxiety where I was like, oh my gosh, this I'm, I've got to get out of here. I've got to get back to my car because my car again had become my safe space. And I remember just telling myself, no, like keep doing things to show your brain that it's not really dangerous. It's not scary. Just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean it's dangerous. Just because you're feeling uncomfortable doesn't mean you're in any danger. Like you are just as safe in the mall as you are sitting on your couch at your home. So I think that realization really hit. And then I took that mindset with me to do anything. So I was going to a college baseball game with thousands of people. And in my head, I did not want to go, but I wasn't sure if it was like, I didn't truly want to go or if I didn't want to experience anxiety. So I went and I just kept telling myself, you're safe here. You're, you know, you're just as safe here as you would be at home. And I don't know that, that has really been a game changer for me because yeah, the baseball game wasn't, you know, it didn't look like I was sitting there and had no anxiety and it was all gone. You know, there were waves of anxiety and I just had to keep reminding myself like, okay, but what are you going to do? Go home. That's just going to reinforce and you're going to be couch bound again. And that was just such a low time in my life. I truly never want to go back to that. And after experiencing these little wins and these little victories and glimpses of what life could look like, I've started telling myself, you're going no matter what, you're going to bring anxiety with you. And that's been one of the biggest, uh, biggest changers in my life. Like it, it truly has made all the difference. And now I'm going into stores and going into, you know, driving on the interstate several hours and driving by myself and doing things by myself. And the other day I went and ran errands just because I wanted to. And now I'm going to the grocery store because we forgot something before and it's not an exposure to me anymore. It's just, I'm going to the grocery store and I'm getting something because I need something. And just, it it gives you, I guess, a glimpse of normalcy. And that has been the best feeling. Um, Now I would say I still have a ways to go. You know, there are definitely things I still avoid and I wouldn't even say avoid, but I proceed with caution. Um, and I, I'm working through that. And I think that's, what's really important is just for me to continue to keep working and keep doing the little things, um, and keep in mind that, you know, I, I can do this. I, I have it within me to do this. Nobody else can do it. No, no external thing can help me get through this. And I don't know, that was just, that's been really helpful for me. Yeah. I, oh my gosh, there's so much to say. Like, I just, I can't even believe, right? It, it really, just how the heck did the universe bring us together? 
when it did, like, is amazing to me. And when you were talking, you know, there are some things obviously about your journey that I didn't know. And I'm just like sitting here, of course, everyone knows, fighting tears because it's just so cool that you were like, I don't think that I'm ever going to get out of this. Like, I don't believe that I'm ever going to get out of this. And how the heck is it going to happen? And then this random person pops up on Instagram and is like, it's possible. Like, let me give you some hope and like, let, let's see what we can do. And I think, you know, what has been so hard for you, right, is all of these, these years of restrictions and limitations that you've put on yourself and of your life because you don't want to feel because you don't, of course, like nobody wants to feel anxious. Nobody wants to experience a panic attack. And because of those feelings, like you really avoided. And of course, it put this huge distrust in yourself. And so it made perfect sense, right? And I think that really that that thing, you know, is something that a lot of people grapple with, right? Is I kind of don't even know how all of this has transpired. And like you said, you had like really early experiences with anxiety, probably didn't have the tools and the the knowledge of how to cope with it in a healthy way, how to respond in a healthy way. And then you had all these events happen, even though really happy life events, like getting married and and moving and establishing yourself and getting a job and like all these things are so exciting. They're also really terribly overwhelming to your nervous system. And when you start to really get hit with that overwhelm, when things quiet down, your body is like, oh, I remember this. I remember what this is. And then of course, when you feel those feelings again, you're like, "Uh uh-uh, to heck with this. And then there comes all the restrictions and limitations. And you know, that's what you've been working so hard to push through, you know, for so long. But I think this is the first time that you've actually given yourself a chance to face it and to acknowledge like, this has got to stop. And like, I don't want to continue to put limitations and restrictions. And I want to actually face it because I am actually seeing the benefits and I am actually realizing there's so much that I want to do and anxiety has been making a lot of the decisions for me. And I have to actually step up and really uncomfortably start to make the decisions and take the control. And I always say there's so much control we have. We we decide so much, but we decide oftentimes we have to decide very uncomfortably. And that is stuff that's really hard to do. So, you know, where you're journey is like so cool is really seeing yourself make that transformative decision of enough is enough. Like I am not going to go back and I'm not going to continue to make the decisions that I've been making. And so of course you've been able to see like the glimpses and the huge wins and the huge progress because I hear you talking, right? And it's so funny. You're like all the little wins and I'm like (laughs) – none of this stuff is little. Like it's so incredible and it's so huge. And to see you really advocating for yourself and choosing the good, healthy, hard is just amazing. Like because I know so many times throughout the program, like we shared thoughts and you sent me emails and it's just – there is nothing like being able to see it in action and to see you like – 
really saying no more, like anxiety, no more. Like this is it. And this is why like I have so much faith in you that things are going to actually look different and your your opportunities are going to be so endless because you're not going to continue to let anxiety choose. So of course, like I think you're so amazing. I think I am just so excited to see what the heck is in store for you. You've already done <laughs> so many amazing things. But I'm just like curious now looking back, right, when you joined and you were like, this is not going to help me. Like I've tried everything. Was it so hard to really realize like you you hadn't, like you hadn't actually been honest with yourself? Yeah. And I think it's incredibly, I mean, I've lived majority of my life convincing myself otherwise and convincing myself, you know, that I had been doing everything. And then I sat there and realized, yeah, I've done done things, but I have not been willing to face the fears. I've not been willing to face the anxiety. I've just avoided it. And then, well, yeah, if you avoid things, of course it's going to be fine. Um, but not really because avoiding it causes a greater fear and just really exacerbates everything. And so No, it clicked in me in one of the first sessions that, yeah, you can put band-aids on anxiety, but the only true way to recover helpfully is to face the fears. I mean, yeah, you can slap band-aids on all day and you can put on a facade, but the work and the change isn't really going to happen until you face those fears. And that was a huge mind shift change for me. And now, now I see things in a different perspective and a different light. Like if somebody asked me to do something instead of letting fear tell me like, you oh, do you really want to do that? I, I, I don't care if I want to do it or not. I'm going to do it and I'm going to bring the anxiety with me. Um, and I'm going to face those fears. And then I can decide if I like that activity or not, you know, yeah. there's no way to know if I genuinely and like, like the activity or not, if I continually avoid it. So I think just being able to make myself make those decisions versus anxiety making those decisions has been the biggest mind shift. Yeah. It's so cool. It's so cool. And the other thing that I want to point out too that I think is important about your journey is you did my program in conjunction with therapy, which is what a lot of students do who come through my program. Obviously, I'm very transparent and honest. I share from my personal experience, from the knowledge that I gathered, from what helped me. But lots of people who go through my program also are in therapy or have been in therapy. And I think it gives you that that added support. But you know, I think it really comes down to you have to be willing to start to make different choices, really uncomfortable choices, and to look at things very honestly and to be vulnerable with yourself. And and it's not easy, but I always say, right, those hard, uncomfortable feelings that you face, there's so much good on the other side of it. But if you keep just staying in that that uncomfortable that you've been facing, you know what that looks like. And, and that's going to be so much harder. And so 
I'm just so glad that you're choosing this healthy hard and really allowing yourself to build the trust back within yourself and like see how capable you are because it's it's just been so, so cool. So Hannah, I'm curious, you know, you've used the term couch bound, you know, you definitely were struggling with severe panic, agoraphobia, monophobia, like so many things that so many people are struggling with right now. Like, what would you say to somebody who is really feeling like I am not going to come out of this? I think the biggest thing is it is within you and you have to reach a point where you're willing to face everything. You're willing to um, make these healthy changes and not roll your eyes at the little things. I mean, the little things are important. Like it, it truly takes a lot of little healthy pushes to get yourself to a place where you want to be. And you can tell yourself you're doing all the things. In fact, what I remember one of the sessions I had told you like I'm doing the things I'm doing these exposures you know I went to target I can get myself to the back but I can't get myself one aisle over and I remember you saying why can't you I'm like well because I'll panic you know like I I can't go another aisle over I'll panic and but do I know I'm gonna panic no I mean what if I have the best experience at target ever and so I started going over aisle by aisle by aisle. And one time I just was like, okay, well, you've made it halfway through the store. Just go the rest of the way. Well, but what if I panic? It doesn't matter. What if you do? So what? Sit down, panic, and then enjoy shopping again. Um, and I think that's that's really what helped me is just knowing that it's within you and you have to push yourself. Um, I... I tend to try and like to think other things would work and other things would make it better, but it truly is within you and facing your own fears. Yeah. Oh, so huge. I am so proud of you. You are just amazing. And I am so thankful to you for coming on and sharing your story. And I know it's going to be so helpful for so many. So thank you. And just, I look forward to all the things that you're going to do in this life. Thank you, Shannon. I appreciate it. And before I end this episode, I want to mention that I'd really appreciate it if you shared this episode or any others with somebody who you feel could benefit from what I share here. You sharing these episodes is what helps me to reach and support others who need it. And if you have an extra minute in your day today, I'd also really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. I read every single review and this too is what helps me to help more people to heal and overcome. I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Healthy Push. If you want more, head on over to ahealthypush.com for the show notes and lots more tips, tools, and inspiration that will support your recovery. And if you're hoping for me to cover a certain topic, be sure to join my Instagram community at A Healthy Push and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next.